0: If you're looking for something that has more depth and that's going to create more of the intimacy that you are longing for, looking at the possibility of exploring kink and tantra is a really great avenue because it's not just a slap and a tickle, it's actually using your own biology in order to create these expanded states of consciousness where you're going to start seeing that wow, I can actually create this in the bedroom. That means I can create it anywhere. Like it's giving you a bodily visceral experience that goes beyond our minds and really goes into our tissues and rewires our bodies.
1: I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Chick, a Soulfire production. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna try something new because yeah. well, something different because Kimmy, I've had you on the show. I don't know, like four times. I
0: know. I feel Maybe. like I'm the Stephen Baldwin of <laughs> or Alec Baldwin of Saturday Night Live on your show a little Great.
1: bit. I to be the current guest. Yeah, I mean, my my favorite repeat offender. I just <laughs> like our people. Our people love you, and I think. You know what? I think we are both in Austin. I think people see that we actually know each other, that we, you know, you have clients that come into our world and we have clients that go into your world. And there's a lot of free flowing, like love and learning that, that comes from my brand to your brand and vice versa. And -hmm. I think people appreciate the realness in that, that two brands in a location that are functioning at a certain degree and level and like have community around them and all that. And I think it's just really sweet. And I think people like to be part of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've shared dance floors together many times. We've shared Burning Man camps. We have shared a lot of stories and laughs and tears and like, yeah. yeah, I feel like, you know, there's so much more this relationship. And I'm just really excited to always have an opportunity to be with you and your audience. And also like, I'm excited to, you know, drop into deeper exploration with each other around what's lighting us up. So
1: Absolutely. And what is going to be different maybe about this episode than previous ones is that we're just going to wing it a little bit. (laughs) And, you know, I have like a little set of six questions here that we're mostly slash exclusively prepped by Serena on our team. and Thank you, Serena. <laughs> I know. And and we're going to get to them. But I love what you propositioned in a sense before I record, which is just so good when we just flow, you know, when yeah. it's, you know, if you have the space to ask me a question or I have the space to ask you a question and it's a bit more conversational than like I am your podcast host and mm-hmm. here is your guest expert. Professional dominatrix, somatic therapist, gimme inch.
0: <laughs> totally. Yes. I'm like, please dom me. Uh, Alexa. I'm down here for it. Let's play. I'm I'm a happy switch in my personal life anyway. And uh, I love being the leader, erotic leader, or dom, you know. But yeah, I'm so down to switch and, and flow with you. So yeah. yes, let's
1: play. Well, I have this subject ahead of time yeah. that was prepped, and it was because um we'd polled. Our audience, you know, what do you want to hear on the show? We do that every so often. And we've just been tracking that what to do if you're in a male female partnership and he wants to be submissive. What does she do? There's been questions in that realm of like how to, I don't know if it's how to keep polarity, what to do in an actual scene, what to do if she's a will, like I'll try it, but I. I don't really maybe necessarily know. And so this was something that I definitely wanted to bring into conversation with you. And it doesn't have to be a conversation that's explicitly oriented to that, because like you were mentioning, I want to hear what's lighting you up these days, because I'm sure that there's a number of things that you've been having pause over in your personal life that you're like, I just want to shout this from the rooftops. (laughs) So I'd like to cover it all.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And you know, you know, what comes up first and foremost, when we start talking about the, the dynamics of do, dominance and submissiveness. So quite often people have a correlation that dominance means a strictly masculine energy and submissiveness means strictly feminine energy. So if you're in a heterosexual relationship and you're a female who your partner is a male and he wants to explore submissiveness, there could be a fear around like, well, where are we going to keep the polarity if he is, you know, in a more feminine role and I'm in a more masculine role, is that going to actually work? And I want to just assure people that it doesn't actually break out, break down to that so easily, because there is definitely as an erotic leader, as a female dominatrix, I'll let you all know that I really do tap into my, the powers of my feminine energy, as well as tap into the energies of my masculine energy when I'm leading a scene. So, so often people think of dominance as like, I'm going to do stuff to you and you're going to just receive it. And that is a form of dominance, but there's also a lot of value in doing it in a very feminine way. So dominance is about power and power doesn't always masculine. The feminine has a lot of freaking power, right? Alexa, like, you know, this mm-hmm. right and the feminine part of the power of the feminine is the invitation of like coming into my world and like bringing somebody into a space. Um, and envelop, enveloping them in an ideal and in an energy. So as a dominant, I can do that. So when we're looking at the submissive role, you can think of the energies being similar. Yes. In a feminine submissive way, you could be completely receptive to what the leader is bringing towards you. But I know as a professional dominatrix, I've had a ton of submissive men that are actually really in their masculine when they're submitting to me. Like they're very service oriented. They're like, let me do things for you. Let me, you tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. Like you create the invitation and I'm going to accept the invitation and, and do whatever you want. So like letting partners know that it doesn't have to look this specific way that you can both play within your own polarities of masculinity and femininity And rest assured that whether you're doing a leadership position or a follower position, you can play in that spectrum of things. It doesn't have to be like the woman who's stepping into leadership has to do everything while the man just receives, like there can be pieces and parts of that, but you can also dance in the place where as the woman leader, you might be inviting your submissive male partner to serve you and to, you know. um, entertain you or amuse you or like, you know, create a net for you in a way that also feels like you're, you're getting worshipped and you're getting something fulfilled as well. So like, I really want to kind of open that conversation up a bit more and, and expand what that energy can really look like.
1: Yeah, I think that a lot of women, whenever they consider, you know, like at first, or it's like, oh, if you want to be submissive, well, then what am I going to do? You know, yeah. how, how do I be, yeah. you know, do, you know. do I just be what I think that I want from you at times? And then I just be it, you know, and they, and it's contrived, you know, it's, it's like mm-hmm. a, it's a performance of sorts. And, and I think that there is an element of performing in all of this and also blended with your authenticity and all of those things, but where it feels incongruent is like, I'm just I'm lacking my authenticity in the expression where I'm just like yeah. doing these, this checklist of things like, you know, like I just got to think of something, get on your knees. Okay. <laughs> Look over there, you know, or it's just like, it's, I'm just barking out orders, crawl over there, close your eyes, <laughs> you know, or it's just like, mm-hmm. what do I, what do I do? when? um, I think there's a beautiful opportunity because, you know, for, for me and, and in my partnership, I am primarily the submissive character, and Jordan is primarily the dominant character unless it's like i would say like more balanced kind of more balanced kind of dynamic and and even still in a, like what I would describe as maybe a more balanced kind of dynamic, I'm still embodying more of the submissive than than anything and then yeah. occasionally, there are times where I would consider myself to be in a more dominant position, but it doesn't look anything like that. You know, it looks way softer and more suggestive. And and the way that that I am being is less like do this, do that. Um, and it's more like you're describing an invitation, you know? And so, and I think every, every male that wants to lean into his submissiveness. I think that that can look so different for each person, you know what I mean? And so like for Jordan, the thought of being in the submissive role is a little bit terrifying, you know, like Mm. he has a lot of resistance to it. And so depending on how I treat him in that role, it depends on if it's going to be a really hot, sexy kind of experience, or if it's, you know, potentially going to like, kind of creep him out a little bit, (laughs) (laughs) you know, sometimes. And then I also know that, you know, over the years I've had a number of men come to me, whether it's, you know, in the DMs or they reach out directly and they're holding on to a secret. They're holding on that, that they want this type of sexual expression in their lives and they have no idea. They're terrified to tell their partner about it. What will it mean of them? Um, I would say not the vast majority, a handful that I've worked with a lot of times have professional that they're seeing on the side and mm-hmm. whether their partner knows about it or doesn't know about it more often than not, doesn't know about it. And it's the way that they're able to get that kind of release in that expression. And yeah. so I would love to hear like, what are some of the flavors you've seen over the years of what submissive men could look like?
0: Yes. Thank you for asking. I, have as a professional dom seen a lot of clients and I would say probably 75% of them have been seen men by themselves. And then I see couples and women as well, but I've seen a lot of men throughout the years. And you're absolutely right when there's sort of this carried shame. I mean, there's already shame attached to kink already, but a man in today's society wanting to embrace his submissiveness or, or try on that Um, dynamic can carry a lot of shame as well. So at a lot of my play parties nowadays, I get a lot of men that have only experienced dominance and they'll come to me and say, for the very first time, they want to try being the follower or being the submissive. And so I you know, want to take on that invitation, but a lot of them will also say, and I don't necessarily want to feel emasculated. Like I don't want to feel like I have to step into femininity because you're dominating me. So I'd love to share with you and your audience sort of like an an example of how I might meet a man in that position. Yes, so, please. Yes. So mm-hmm. a lot of the time, you know, for this couple that I saw last weekend at my play party, you know, he had never been dominated by a woman ever in his life. And he was super curious. His feminine partner was like, I really want to see him just let go because she's seen me you know top a lot of people and she wanted him to have an experience with me. So what we did is I had him like, you know, standing there and it was the three of us and I was just having him breathe and feel into his body and I asked him to close his eyes and I asked him if I could blindfold him so he could just even deeper connect to himself and not be distracted by anything outside of himself. And as his eyes were closed, I was like, you know, take a deep breath. I want to tell you a story. And he was like, okay. And I was like, so back in the ancient times, men would go to war and they would be away at war for months and sometimes even years. And when they would return from war, they would have to stop at temples to see the priestesses before they were reunited into society, before they were allowed to go back into their households and to be with their family and friends again. And what would happen at these temples is that these priestesses would be there to de-armor and heal the men in a very different ways that range from being very sensual and erotic to even bringing on elements of kink in order to not only take off their armor, you know, literally, but figuratively break up the energetic armor that they had been carrying from being at war. So when I introduce sensation and touch to you, my intention is to help you return to your heart and help you de-armor because in society, men are sort of taught from the moment they're born that unless you're doing something and you're you know, doing something for others, then you have no value. But what would it feel like that you truly have value just because you exist, just because you breathe? And the touch that I'm gonna be bringing you might have some levels of intensity, but ultimately it's gonna drop you into your body even deeper and connect you to your heart even more. So as I'm sharing this with this man, <clears throat> He's breathing and we're touching his body. I'm having him connect to his heart. I'm sort of like even pounding on his chest a little bit, telling him I'm breaking up any energetic armoring that's happening around his heart. And he's basically surrounded by the feminine wanting to strip away, you know, the war. You know, I'm like, I'm telling him the war is over. Like, come back home, come back home. He was crying by the end of this session that was highly sensual, highly erotic, really loving, really soft and gentle, but he was really like imagining like, wow, I can be given to and taken care of. I still have value that doesn't make me less of a man. And is there ways that I'm sort of carrying my, my, my armor with me that I can let go of and be taken care of. So for that man in particular, it was a deeply powerful heart opening experience where he felt really held by the feminine. And it wasn't this like, humiliating, like get on your knees, bitch. It wasn't like that kind of energy at all. So wanting to show men and women that it can look a lot of ways and not necessarily fall into the, the, the man crawling around on his hands and knees. Now let's say a man is interested in that and wants to sort of serve and wants to be the sub subordinate of the woman. Like that is a very a liberating position to be in. Because again, society has this messaging that men bring home the bacon, men are the fighters, men are in charge, men are the bosses. And while that patriarchy serves men in some forms, it also is really um, hurtful, not only to people, but to men as well. So it's almost like saying, fuck you to the patriarchy for some of these men that are like, I want to have an experience where maybe I'm not the fucking boss all the time. Or that I'm not in charge, or that I don't carry all the responsibility and call all the shots. Like, how would it feel to be able to surrender that and let, you know, a woman or another person be in charge? Like, that can be highly, highly freeing. A lot of the male subs that I've seen in the past have been extremely successful and very masculine in their personal lives. Like, they're running Fortune 500 companies, they're politicians, they're CEOs, they're professors, they're in really, really powerful positions. And if they're not in their jobs in a powerful position, they're usually the breadwinner at home, or they're the one who's sort of in charge at home. And a lot of these men are like, wow, that feels really unbalanced. I kind of want to experience the extreme other side of the the spectrum where that's not so much the case. And to me, I feel like that's just really healthy Mm -hmm. that your desires are calling you towards something that's actually going to create more balance in your life. And once we're in balance with ourselves, we're able we'll be able to have more availability to access pleasure and joy
1: outside of the playroom as well. Our favorite place to shop for crystal, glass and metal toys is Yoni Pleasure Palace. Sacred squirters, cervix serpents, Yoni eggs, prostate massagers, anal plugs and beaded wands, G-spot massagers, and something Jordan and I use all the time and even travel with, our plush, velvety, waterproof blanket every product feels so special when it comes from YPP. It's probably because of the care that is taken not only in the development of the toy, but in the packing and delivering of the toy. When you collect, because it's definitely a collection of sexy works of art, when you collect a new item, it comes with not only information on how to use it, but to also respect and revere it, along with cultivating respect and reverence for your own body and your own sexuality. I can't sing YPP's praises enough to add to your collection, visit yonipleasurepalace.com and make sure to use the code thatsexchick, all one word, at checkout for 15% off your order. And pretty please, if you share your items on social media, tag me. I'd love to see what you choose and celebrate you. I love your stories. Yeah. I don't even know if that's the first time I heard that story, but I would love to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Yeah. But I've also seen you in action many times, you know, and, and, and one of the many things that I love about you and the work that you do is kind of flipping the notions upside down, you know, um, like the preconceived notions that people think about a man being a sub or a woman being a sub or a dominant or whatever, or just like kinky play or whatever. You have such a genuine and loving way of looking at it and describing it. And to me, that's what's really real and what's really available and present. Maybe I'll say the most in these kinds of dynamics and, you know, some of what's shown on mainstream media or TV or whatever is... Not quite. Like that's there too, sure. but that's not the only thing that's there,
0: and it's not the full picture. It's not the, the full picture, the thing either, right? Because you're seeing maybe a sliver of something that exists without any other context or or, or any other foundation to what it means or what's yeah. going on beyond that. You're so right.
1: Yeah. Have you watched the show or know the show Bonding on Netflix?
0: Yeah, yeah. So. I have a love-hate relationship with that show. The first season was dismal. Like I almost couldn't watch more than a couple episodes, but I kind of hung in there. Their second season, they took a lot of feedback from the community and like started to up-level what they were projecting out there. So I saw actually them taking notes and trying to shift. So I appreciated that. I still think it has a long ways to go and I'm still Mm. awaiting the show where it really actually encapsulates what this world is totally
1: and what's so, your feelings about it well I brought it up because I had to stop watching it you had to stop watching I it. just stopped watching it I wanted it to be something it just wasn't and maybe if I would have kept watching it I think I got a few episodes into the second season and was like I don't even know if I like the storyline that's happening here <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know I think I was entertained by the storyline more in the first season, but just the general depiction of dominance and submission and kink and fetishism and all of that. I just I wasn't a fan. and And I think mainly because it's not the whole picture. And can a show really show the full picture? maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But just in describing all of this, it made me think of that where I'm like, it's just such a narrow viewpoint of what's available. And if it's put on Netflix and we're all watching it, then it's just an opportunity to like look at this stuff and be like, Those people are so fucked up. Like those people are so Mm -hmm. weird. They're, those people are so different than me or Mm -hmm. other than me. And like, you know, I think of like the regular couple that's potentially watching the show and they're laughing about it and they're sitting next to each other. And then one says to the other, like, would you let me do that thing to you? And they're like, ha ha ha, no, not in your, you know, and they just have this dynamic Mm -hmm. of like, that (laughs) just separates them from this thing. And there's so much more to it Mm -hmm. and so much more available.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so well said. It's it's sad because I get that it's hard to maybe really encapsulate that. But I think if people really were to see just how closely this hits home, it would really sort of shake people up a bit. You know, in my classes, when I'm talking about, you know, pink, I'm not saying boo to vanilla and people have a, an idea of what vanilla is. And I'm like, you know, Vanilla to me isn't the absence of kink or Tantra or any of that. Vanilla sex to me is just functional sex. So it's really used as a way of like, I'm going to have sex to have an orgasm or I'm going to have sex to have a baby. And on the, both of those things are wonderful. I love babies and orgasms, you know, <laughs> And maybe not together, but you know, you, you get what I'm saying. And <laughs> like really feeling into um, going beyond that idea that yeah, that king can be so much deeper and that what vanilla sex isn't is that it's not very explorative. Mm-hmm. Vanilla sex doesn't really lend itself to having a full body engagement that also relies on really strong communication and having self-trust with yourself and then having trust with your partner. Like these things are Possible with things like conscious kink and with uh, Tantra and things like that, like having a full body experience of something, not just a genital experience of something, having like ability to really communicate needs and desires and boundaries is really important. So you're bringing in and advocating for yourself and you're building your own self trust as you do this. And then yes, in order to get to these expanded states of consciousness, these altered states that we call subspace and dom space there has to be all these other things present in order to get there. That's not really available in vanilla sex. So it's like trying to reframe that this actually really hits home that there's nothing wrong with vanilla sex. But if you're looking for something that has more depth and that's going to create more of the intimacy that you are longing for, looking at the possibility of exploring kink and tantra is a really great avenue because it's not just, a slap and a tickle. It's actually using your own biology in order to create these expanded states of consciousness where you're going to start seeing that, wow, I can actually create this in the bedroom. That means I can create it anywhere. Like it's giving you a bodily visceral experience that goes beyond our minds and really goes into our tissues and rewires our bodies.
1: Totally. And, um, ebbed and flowed with my, um, it's funny that I would say my relationship, my relationship too, because mm-hmm. I don't have a relationship with this person, but Dan Savage, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. he's got some great things that I just, am like yeah. louder, say it louder. And then over the years he's gotten quite political. And then I'm like, Nope, say that less, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but like, say what you want to say. Yeah. Um, but, but there's I'm paraphrasing here for sure. But it's like, if you can ask your partner to pee on you, then imagine what you can ask your boss for. It's something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was one of the ones where I'm like, yes, that one louder. Yeah.
0: It's so true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And how that transcends, you know, what your experience is like with yourself and with your, your partner and just the act in general, Mm. intimacy Mm. in general is just so vulnerable Oh my gosh. You know. You're so right.
0: What's coming up for me right now as we're talking is like, if you're a man curious about being submissive or a woman being about curious about being submissive or about being a dom or about like being a switch or, or what a masochist, it doesn't really matter. It's getting curious around that desire. Cause like, what is the information there? There's so often like we take our desires for granted and kind of look at them as this sort of self indulgent thing. But what if it was actually a doorway to understanding yourself better? Maybe you're longing to be submissive because there's areas of your life where you just feel like there's so much weight of responsibility on you. And that that's why your desire is turning towards wanting to be submissive. And that's just information that maybe there needs to be some adjustments going on in your life as well. So that it's not only this one particular place you get to let go of responsibility. Maybe there's other places you can be more in flow and go with it, go with the the that sort of dynamic. But getting really curious around like, I know I've had some submissive men who have seen me who have wanted to be humiliated and wanted to be, and doing air quotes, forced into doing things for their captors. And you know they have these like fantasies around being used by their doms and things like that. And after playing with them several times, a few of them had actually said, like, I think I've eroticized my own own, own victimhood that I felt a lot of my life. Like, I feel like I've sort of eroticized the way that I felt like I'm at the mercy of life sometimes and I don't actually have power. And it feels really good to be able to have consent around being powerless and have consent around being forced and not, and being a victim as opposed to actually doing it unconsciously, which is, you know, highly uncomfortable and really painful. So a lot of these men and clients have even shared like, wow, my, my desires and my body has actually, trying to create balance and harmony within my life. And, and it's actually like leading me towards answers through a pleasurable outlet and and how life can be different and how maybe I need to make some
1: changes. How incredibly emotionally intelligent. Yeah. Like I'm coming to you because I don't know, I got some fucked up thing. Can you just like can you kidnap me? Can you, yeah. can you just like, yeah. fuck me up? Can you do this and this and this and this yeah. and through various sessions? And I'm sure in your intake process and then processing it after, and then, you know, cause it's, I know when people come to you, it's not like, okay, we'll fill out this form and let's get started. It's so mm-hmm. much more than that. Mm-hmm. So much okay. more than that. And, and so then you're telling me that through, experiences with you and with themselves are able to get to know themselves in a deeper way that then affects how they perceive themselves in the world Mm -hmm. and how they treat themselves internally in the world and like how much more open they are to pleasure or experience or etc and so it's big it's so big and I you know I just recorded with Sean who you introduced Jordan and I to which was so special, oh, okay. but you know, when it, that guy. I know, and and he was just talking about the the tantric way of, or just that in tantra, like continuously going to learn about yourself, and that mm. through that process, that very vulnerable process, you know, like what what when you come face to face with some of the stuff that you've been piling, you know life on top of and just saying like, this is the way I'm supposed to do it. And this is the way that I'm supposed to show up. And this is the life that I'm supposed to have when it really you're building on this like foundation when underneath all of it is who you really truly are and what you really truly want. And that Mm. is so, and this is what we were discussing too, so terrifying. Like if I actually look who I am and why I am and why I'm being and what's underneath all of that then chances are some big things in my life are going to have to change, right? You know, like people that I'm going to have to face people I'm going to have to let go of people Mm. that I'm going to maybe even open up to letting in, Mm. you know, Mm. and it's like who I am as a parent, who I am as an employee or as a boss or as a husband or as a mother or whatever is just who I know of my, like what I know of myself in these particular roles is all going to have to shift. And that is really confronting. And yeah. so I think for some people, it's better to just look at the show bonding and be like, ha ha ha, you don't want to do that, right? Oh, I'm going to do that to you next Tuesday. Ha ha ha. You know, and yeah. be like, the fuck you are, let's laugh about it and continue having the vanilla sex that neither of us are actually all that fulfilled with, but like it works for whatever it works for, okay. but you know That's what I show. mean? Like it's, it is confronting all of these, all of this sex stuff is so confronting because yeah. it shows you, you know, how you show up in these dynamics is very telling to how you are showing up in some other areas slash all the areas in the rest of your life. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck
0: yeah. yeah, I think Man. so. I had, I had a client who grew up in a, in Egypt and a Muslim culture and he lives in the States now. He's a doctor. And came to me cuz he was sort of on death's door. He had been in a 10-year arranged marriage in the United States with a woman he had not had sex with the whole time and when he came to me he had been carrying shame around his desires around what I sort of mentioned around just being humiliated and kidnapped and and taken against his will and and forced to perform unspeakable acts for his captors and things like that. So when he came to see me, you know, he was like, "Fuck it. I like feel like I want to I don't want to be here anymore. I feel like I want to unalive myself. I have nothing to lose. Like I want to, I want to have this experience. I want to have this fantasy and see what comes out on the other end. So when we finally collaborated, I, you know, I did a a long check-in with him and a long intake process. But when we finally got to the place of co-creating this lifelong fantasy of his that he has had since he, as long as he could remember, you know, he was the one that came to, to that discovery around like, wow, I have used my desires and fantasies for the last 30, 40 years to like, basically help, you know, comfort myself around the powerlessness and the victimhood I was feeling. And I was like, how about next time we meet, we, we switch it up and you actually ask for every single thing you want instead of being captive instead of it being forced on you, instead of being powerless, what if you asked for everything? So we did the same scene. However, this time he asked for it, he asked to be tied up. He asked to be humiliated. He asked to be spanked or slapped or whatever those things were. And he was met each and every single time. So when we did that session, he like felt into his body and was like, wow, that was really different. And what I learned from that was like, wow, I can ask for what I want. And I might be met, but I won't really know unless I ask, unless I like advocate for myself. And there was a way that that felt so empowering for him to be like, if I have the courage enough to say like, this is what I want. If you can't give it to me, that's okay. No worries. But I might have find it elsewhere. And that's basically what happened in his sexless marriage, where he was like, I can't, I can't have a sexless life. I this, or These are the things I need. Are you available? She was not. So they decided to part ways. And now he is freaking living it up alexa like he is right. you know, exploring his leadership his erotic leadership he's being dumb he's being sub he's switchy he's like meeting the, the people that are really in alignment with the the pleasure seekers that they are and he's just so expanded and i'm just so i could brings tears to my eyes because to see somebody who was wanting to no longer be alive having the best life that he could ever imagine all because he was just willing enough to step into the unknown and like really kind of put his shame aside and say, I'm going to explore this and come out at the other end. And now I'm going to live a life of choice and pleasure.
1: It's fucking amazing. It is. It is. And hearing that, hearing that story, you know, about him being, even though he chose it, it was still something that was I mean, I get it in in culture and different religion, ethnicity and all of that, where it's like it was arranged and I'm sure that there was an out button somewhere, but the pressure, the societal, familial, cultural pressure is like all that, you know, is potentially going to be stripped away if you don't do this thing, you Mm -hmm. know? And so going into that and then how that then shook out and eroticizing the victimhood and all of that, I'm curious. This when you were sharing that story, it reminded me of something that I heard um, I've heard Ohm talk about a couple of times, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is similar, but like a little bit different, and it's how people eroticize essentially their guilt if mm-hmm. I'm going to use kind of the the same framework that you use for that with the victimhood. And something about mm-hmm. that, what you were just sharing yeah. reminded me of, and this is, you know, a little bit of an edgy topic, but how white men will go to black doms. Yeah. And in order to like process their, whether it's their familial guilt or whatever it is. But Om, when he was sharing the story, he was like, really where the healing is, is when he's the dom and chooses yeah. different. And and that he's witnessed incredible breakthrough and and healing and grieving in a sense. And I don't know if he necessarily said all of those things, but I just remember him describing this. Yeah. And me feeling that so deeply like, oh yeah, like they think that they're dealing with this guilt or this shame or this whatever by, you know, putting themselves in the victim position. But if they actually put themselves in the perceived perpetrator position, but choose to do yeah. differently, you mm-hmm. know, then that's where some of the healing and expansion and release can, can actually play out.
0: Yeah. I really love that share because what's coming up for me is like the word underlined and circled and highlighted is choice really like really coming back to choice. I'm like, dude, are you like, are you really afraid of, you know, being submitting to a partner because we're always submitting to our own ideas of what comfort and security are all the time. Like you're a fucking slave to your comfort and security, Like people who are willing to step out of security and comfort might lose their families, might lose their jobs, might lose acceptance, might lose their place in society, might lose their status, might lose, like there's a lot of risk in, in, in people's minds around like really moving away from what's comfortable and what's secure. But when we are a slave to the comfort and the security, we're not really living a full life of choice either, because we're feeling like we have to behave in a certain way and act in a certain way. So kink is really cool because it's almost like an invitation to like literally consciously be choosing uncomfort um, being uncomfortable. Like whether that's because it's painful or there's servitude or there, the dynamics are so foreign to what our normal daily lives are like. It's just really stepping consciously and with choice into the uncom- uncomfortable and like seeing what's on the other side of it. Mm. And, you know, kink and conscious kink, I just want to let your viewers know that When we talk about conscious kink, the difference between that is just having a high level of intention behind your play. And that's what we were saying when we say conscious kink and the consciousness and the awareness and the intention behind it kind of goes beyond just pleasure. And hopefully there is a lot of pleasure involved, but it usually goes beyond just It being pleasure and it might also dive deeper into looking at our shadows or or expanding more into our relationship dynamics and maybe illuminating things that are unconscious and, and how do we get empowered and heal from those things.
1: As you may know, not only am I a sex, love, dating, and relationship coach, but I also teach other coaches this niche craft. The Sex and Love Co team and I have now run our signature coaching program, Sex Coach Prep School for over three years and have helped over a hundred coaches develop new skills while learning how to run a successful coaching business. The program has evolved from a 12 week program to a four month program to a seven month program, which is when I realized this isn't really a prep school anymore. So we decided to make some changes, make the program a little lighter and build in everything you need to know in order to determine if sex and love coaching is the right career move for you. So, Sex Coach Prep School is now a six week program covering topics like sex education, relationship structures, coaching tools to use when working with clients, and so much more. Starting in June 2023, SCPS now includes three live virtual sessions, six modules, 22 educational videos, exclusive private Facebook group access to our students, a one on one support call with one of our Sex and Love Co team members, access to two additional bonus business related offers lifetime access to the Sex Coach Prep School Program, and a community of sex and love coaches to lean on and learn from. SCPS is also a great program if you are already a coach who wants to add some additional intimacy skills to your coaching tool belt. And if you're ready to change your life and are all in on up-leveling your coaching career, our larger and more extensive program, now called Sex and Love University, is coming in fall 2023. Side perk, go through the new and improved Sex Coach Prep School and your investment counts as credit towards SLU. Check out the link in the show notes to learn more about becoming a sex love and or relationship coach and completely and totally changing your life this year. This reminded me of another of another concept that I would love to hear your take on. And yeah. it's kind of the the misinterpretation of submission or being submissive. And it's actually passivity. Oh. So whenever we were talking a little while ago, I was imagining, let's say, um, a woman in a heterosexual relationship and she's hearing us talk and she's like, well, my husband, well, let's just pretend they're married. My husband. <laughs> love this imaginary couple. Tell me more about there we <laughs> go. where she just perceives him to be submissive because he has to, she has to, has to tell him what to do and initiate and all of these things. And so she's perceiving this like passivity as submissive in a sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I get curious, you know, what, what other, relationship experts or sex educators would have to say in there. I mean, cause I have my, I have my opinions. Um, yeah. and I'm, and I'm curious, you know, like if that was something you heard maybe in one of your classes where it's just like, he's just kind of like lukewarm and just kind of oh, goes yeah. with the flow or like just goes mm-hmm. with, not even with the flow, the motions goes forward yeah. with whatever the motions are and is, like from the outside looking in, someone might go, oh, he seems pretty submissive, you know, mm-hmm. meek or quiet or whatever. It doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't have like a construction job or like a manly thing uh, said in whatever tone that was, you know, like, like <laughs> he does some kind of manly thing, but like in the home dynamic or in the intimate dynamic is just kind of like maybe lukewarm.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I get curious because on the surface could be true. It could be, there is a passivity there. I get curious around what is the contribution to him leaning more into passivity where there are times that he was more in, in advocating towards a direction. He got smacked down. I don't know. That's a possibility. And also offering the possibility in some of these, um, you know, imagining these relationships. I have also seen the dynamic where there's a withholding that comes across as passivity, but it's not, it's actually a withholding of like, I'm not actually going to step up to the plate. I'm going to let you do everything. I'm not going to actually give as much as you're giving. Like there's a withholding because there's a power in withholding as well. And like when you're starting to look at power dynamics, because power dynamics are happening all the time, right? And the flow of energy is happening all the time. So I get curious around looking underneath, like, where's the flow of energy in this moment? Is the energy going back and forth? Is it going in one direction? Is one like kind of holding it back from the other while the other one's pursuing, pursuing, pursuing? Are they caught in a cycle? And like getting really, really curious because I hear a lot of leaders who, you know, kind of find themselves in the dominant position in in an erotic setting that are like, it just feels like a lot of responsibility. And like, it's exhausting to call the shots and, and say like, you know, what we're going to do and be in charge of all of that. And I'm like, well, is it possible to invite your partner into being more collaborative and being like, hey, like I need some inspiration. Can you inspire me like to move this forward? Or like, tell me what would really light you up and like letting the leaders know, like if you're falling into a pattern that doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel super consensual or fulfilling, like are you actually creating the invitation to step forward? Are you actually creating the invitation and giving enough space for that the person to actually lean in? or do you feel like you need to be on top of everything because there's such a deficit happening? Mm-hmm. Like in, in BDSM relationships, I've noticed there's a lot of codependency in these dom-sub relationships. Like there's a very big unspoken thing happening or unconscious thing happening where, you know, people are using their power dynamics to fill the voids. And it's okay if that's happening, but I, again, we're we're talking about choice, right? Alexa and how choice is power. And having that consciousness just lends itself to more accessibility of creating more of what we want instead of being at the whim of those things. So, getting really curious around what are the expectations of your partner? What are the ways that you're asking them to step in and and play a role in your reality? And is there some things you need to shift within yourself? Maybe it's actually leaning more out and leaning more back or dropping more into your femininity or, you know, you can say femininity or masculinity. You could also say, active energy and receptive energy? Is there a way you're just really inactive a lot? Like, do you need to actually lean back and, and be in more receptive mode? And does that change the room? And if not, like, how do we bring consciousness to, to say like, Hey, I'd love to be more in my res- receptivity. What it, would it look like for you to be in your, in your active energy, you know, and like kind of play with those things, but getting really curious around power dynamics and how they show up and going beyond the surface of active and passive, because in true, in a true kinky dance or neurotic encounter, it's, there's not really passive dancer, you know, you ever done partner dancing? It sucks when you're with a partner that's not like really showing up and they're just kind of like going through the movements. They don't really want to be there. Like nobody wants that energy. But when you have a dancer that's like, I'm here with you, like let's flow and like, let's, let's, you know, create something together. It feels so, so good. So getting curious around like, if if you're not showing up to the dance do you want to do this dance with me and if and if so what do i need and and what who do i need to be to show up in this dynamic in order to create more of what i want as well so like where is that showing up as well does that make sense totally yeah <laughs> totally.
1: i mean of course it does to me but the i really like the active and the receptive yeah. for sure because i think you know people like we were kind of talking about in the beginning, they'll hear dominant or they'll hear submissive. They'll hear leader. They'll hear followers. They they will hear masculine. They'll hear feminine and they'll and categorize they those things, you know, and yeah. you can, and then one is under male essentially. And the other one is under female essentially when even that's not exclusive, these things are not exclusive to each other. Right. And so I think just continuing to open Open up for what the possibility can be. So if it's, I'm in a submissive position or I'm in a submissive role and I have active energy or I have, um, I think that was what you said, right? Mm-hmm, active, mm-hmm. I have an active energy, but I'm I'm an enthusiastic sub. And i like like, yeah. I'm willing to give you like, can you, t- I would love this menu of things should my sir be so willing to deliver them, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or it's like, I want to be touched here. And in this way, not here, double down on here and a little bit of this, you know? And like, yeah. then I leave this room for surprise me. And you can trust me that I'll say red if I don't like it. Yeah. Or I don't want it. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's that active. Both. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Both leaning in,
0: both yeah. leaning in yeah. at like, you do all the work and I'll just be over here, like, you know, hanging yeah. out, like, and, yeah. and vice versa. Right. And like, yeah. Wanting to be like, how do we both lean in and co-create and collaborate around what this looks like? Not just in the bedroom, of course, but outside of the bedroom. But if we can at least start with the bedroom yeah. and get really clear on that, then we can start to notice how does it feel in my body when we're both leaned in? How does it feel when we're both inspired? Like, how do we also cultivate that outside of the bedroom? Because we Mm. had a bodily visceral experience of it here. That means it exists. So how do we recreate it Mm. where we don't necessarily have to have a bunch of floggers laying on the bed, or I don't have to necessarily do this production of being a dominant, but like, how do we actually like call our safe word in daily life and be like, sure. Hey, I want to, I want to feel a sense of collaboration here and a sense of team and a sense of both leaning in so that yeah. we can do this together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it doesn't have to necessarily mean anything in your day to day. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's things that you can take from an experience that happens, you know, with Eros involved, and in let's say the metaphorical bedroom, but it doesn't have to mean anything with regards to like your relationship dynamic and your, let's call them like trad- your whatever gender roles that you have in mom and dad and life and whatever. And because I can, right. I can think of experiences that I've either had with Jordan or I would love to have with Jordan. And then the way that we operate day to day, and just because we do this thing in the bedroom doesn't mean that I'm less of his wife, mm-hmm. a devoted wife, and eventual mother of our family. And like, I have certain things that I want to be and I aspire to be in relationship and with my family. And I don't have to stifle and control my sexual expression because I think if I don't do things that are exactly like this, then, you know, then what's that going to mean? Everything's going to fall apart. My illusion, this like, illusion of life that I have crafted. And that's only really reality in my mind. Like it just gets all murky. You know what I mean? Where it's like, this can that's be a lot here. of pressure. It yeah. is. It's so much pressure. Like I've got to act like this and be like this and, Oh, I can't do that. Cause what will it mean of me as a mom? Or what will it mean of me as a wife or as a friend or whatever? It's like these yeah. things you, you get to have all of you because yeah. you're so such a multifaceted creature, you know, and, and you can have all of these things. Like for me, I'm like, I can be the wife and the future mother and the matriarch of my family. And I can have these things, these like this like code of, of, um, let's say what's the word that I'm looking for? This code of like mm-hmm. integrity of intentionality of, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if the, if, if these, these, these things that I aspire to be and like that I feel proud about because yeah. I've worked towards, and I also can be like a kinky little slut in the bedroom if I want mm-hmm. to be, you know. And I and I can yeah. want, yeah. I can want those things, and I can explore there. And um, you know, it's really interesting, like going on the 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 motherhood journey. Mm-hmm. To me, has me question a lot of the things that, I guess this is like us shifting into like, what's real, real now, (laughs) because I was on my way to asking you like, what's, what's really going on in your life. But you know, it has me questioning in interesting ways. I've only ever been, you know, for the majority of my life, a single young woman that is like gets to have the sex she wants to have, and the relationships, and a, and as a traveler and an explorer, and is very perpetually curious, and all these things, and like I've, you know, in a lot of ways, prided myself on on this freedom, and then got into a relationship that I knew was going to go to marriage, and then, who am I if I'm a wife? And then I like really liked being a wife, like saying mm. we choose each other and like the depth and commitment and connection. And it definitely feels different to be in a relationship, like to have that transition. And and I'm so happy and grateful, but I remember right around the time when we got married where I'm like, what does this mean for me as like a woman? Like, do people look at me differently? Do I feel differently about myself? It, it was really interesting. And so like, I went through a little phase of like, am I still sexy? Like, am I still desirable? Like what do people like? It's just really, and I'd never thought it before because I'd never been married before, you know? Mm. And so I like mostly have played around with that and come to terms of sorts. I don't know. Cause it's like, well, I'm going to spend far more of my life married than not. And so anyway, looking (laughs) into the future and then starting the, like, want to start our family journey. And like, if people know If I know, because it's not even just people know, or I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like bring life into the world. And like, do I then just get stripped of my eroticism, Mm -hmm. of my like, of my, of my desire? Is it, is it weird? It's just, I've never been there before. And so like, I'm getting ready to go to S Factor. Are you familiar with S Factor? Yeah, I love S Factor. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm getting ready to go to, pleasure hunt which is a weekend in Vegas with two of my clients are coming and then a handful of people that that are kind of floating around in Austin and so I'm going to this weekend and I'm like well I don't know when this episode's gonna release, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna release after I say out loud to everyone, <laughs> oh thank God yes. <laughs> <laughs> that I am currently pregnant <laughs> I know it's so weird to say and I feel myself getting red, and so I'm gonna be going to this weekend at you know almost eleven weeks pregnant, and first off, I don't know how I'm gonna feel, but also because this this is coming up right around the corner but but, like it's all these erotic movements and breathing and sensual, tapping into sensuality and all this stuff. And me two months ago would have been like, I'm going to rock my world. Like I'm going to go there. I'm going to touch myself. I'm going to feel myself. I'm going to be in it and not think twice. And now going, knowing that there's a little tiny creature growing inside of me, I'm like, I'm like, why am I weird all of a sudden? You know? (laughs) why do I feel weird all of a sudden? Like that I, that's all I've got. That's all I've got so far. (laughs) I love
0: this. I love this. I love like, you know, it comes up for me when you share this and you, you actually said the word and I was thinking of the importance of these transitions and like really, really feeling it. For example, like when I'm working with couples and, and clients, they're they're often like, okay, let's say we have the communication and we figure out what we want to do, but like, then how do we start doing the thing? And, you know, I was like, yeah, there's this whole transitional space of like being neutral and going into the erotic. And, and I don't think we give enough value to transitions in our society. And like, when we look at nature, it just doesn't go from day into night like that. It goes, through a process of transition from you know day into the sunset that brings us into night and how beautiful our sunsets and you sharing your journey you know from almost like being the maiden into motherhood, like this transition that thank God you have nine months to feel, you know, (laughs) because imagine if you just tomorrow had a baby, you might be like, that's (laughs) cool. You mean I don't have to be pregnant for nine months? That might be nice actually. (laughs) And like, wow, cool. Also nature is so smart giving you this nine months to feel something. And you're not just going to sit at home staring at the wall. Alexa's going to be going to, you know, erotic retreats or weekends and and having these like really ex- big experiences that are going to really help you really feel this transition of like, you're right. You're not just Alexa who does what she wants when she wants. And there's going to be other factors at play. There's things that are shifting and moving. And like, how do you navigate that? And I hear the consciousness and in, in that, and just like have so much faith that that's all going to be perfect the way it shows up but loving that you're even taking the space to feel it to like really feel like this is going to be different and different is different right it's not good or yeah. bad it just is um and thank god you have 9 more months before really dropping into motherhood and then that's going to be a whole new transition too of like now i'm a mom with a little the little one attached to me what does that mean right. for my erotic life
1: like right. holy fuck you know like but can i be this way yeah. Can I even yeah. access it? And when I access it, access it, she's so foreign. Who That's is she now? You know, it's, it's another layer of like, got to look within and, and who am I faced with? Cause yeah. it's another, it's another version of sorts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who is Alexa as a mother, as an erotic being, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. it's fascinating.
0: I love, I love like who, yeah, who is she? Because you're right. It's not, you know, all things shift and change and move. Like who you are right now in this conversation is not going to exist anymore after it's over. Like, you know, you're, we're always sort of changing exactly, like specifically, perfectly in who we are in every moment. So loving that, like exploration around, like, what does it mean to be an erotic being and a wife and a mother? and navigating that and like continuously feeling into it and I would love you know when you have you know someone watching the little one that maybe even co-creating with your lover your partner around like how can we maybe even play with these concepts and themes in an erotic way so that I feel like I have more availability outside of the bedroom to navigate this even more like I, I think Pregnant Alexa can still be a dirty little slut.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope she is here and there. Great, well, I've already already come to one of your play parties pregnant, but nobody knew.
0: Yeah, it was a little secret. And I love love that, I love that. (laughs) I've had, you know, it's interesting you say, I've had a lot of pregnant women see me to work it privately, but have come to the play parties and they're nervous. Like, is it okay that I come? I'm like, it's amazing that you, like, please, like, 'Cause it's showing people, men, women, and everyone, like, yeah, you know, um, your body's transitioning and you're you're transitioning and there's pieces of your eroticism that you're still embracing and that you're still living out. And it might look different, but it still exists. And how cool is that? Like so empowering.
1: I I think so. That's yeah. why I'm leaning into it for sure. Yeah. So uh-huh. Miss Kimmy, uh-huh. I wish I could keep talking to you. Though so oh, you know that. that I have an appointment right after this, which is for an yeah. ultrasound, which I am I do not want to be late for, and I am of course, nervous and excited and all the things about it and yeah. And so I'll just leave it as you you will be back on the show, I'm sure in the not <laughs> too distant future. My people just can't get enough of you. I can't get enough of you. You know, we adore your work and and your insight, your perspective. All of it, and and love that when people find their way to us, oftentimes we are a great lubricant. In a lot of ways, we I like to think we're we're a pretty sturdy bridge leading people to more of the deeper work that that you do, which I'm just so in love with. You know what I mean? That that people have a place, you know, they can meet us and then have these cool opportunities on the other side of it, and they feel so equipped and ready to dive in and yeah, and get their worlds rocked, you know, and I'm, I'm steadily a student. I'm forever a student of this work and this path. And, and I know that you are too, which just feels really good to know that I'm surrounded by incredible professionals like yourself that are also walking their talk.
0: Thank you for saying that. I feel so honored to know you and, you know, saying it to you, although I'm sure you know it and for your audience, just to continuously remember, right, that we're not alone and that we have support and there are resources and there are people to walk this path with us, that it doesn't have to be all by ourselves. So just reminding you um, as you're transitioning, I am so wanting to be a part of that journey and whatever way that feels best for you. And thank you for any little parts and pieces that I get. It's so beautiful. For
1: sure. For sure. Uh, All right. Well, y'all know, hanging out at the show notes for all the links for all the things that Kimmy's up to and where you can find her and how you can get in touch with her and she's always up to cool stuff down here in Austin so come visit us all right Miss Kimmy anything else before we round it out well I just want to say if you
0: want to name your future child Kimmy I would be available <laughs> <a male. laughs> no but. I feel complete. I love you. Thank you for the opportunity to be in the same space and share with your audience. And yeah, wishing you and Jordan just a beautiful, happy, sexy life.
1: Mm, I receive. Thanks, Kimmy. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.